Grand Rising family, this is your host, Tech Nico, host of Tech Talk Radio, and I'm coming to you with a, with a couple of things, family, that I want to talk about uh, that's happened over the last few months or so. But I'm going to start off with what just recently happened to uh, Jacob Blake. And the reason I'm starting off with this and not putting that into another podcast where I'm solely uh, talking about uh, this this issue, and I feel like I do need to address this issue as far as uh, what we want to call social injustice, which is really just police brutality that stems from uh, a society rooted in racial white supremacy. But the reason why I'm bringing it up is that um, there's videos that circulate, uh, circulating around social media uh, regarding this uh, this race soldier, you know, this white dude. Uh, who shot at some protesters, ended up shooting some protesters. They try to tackle him. He gets him up off him. You know, people start running away, and he, he lets off more shots uh, towards these protesters. And when I saw this, you know, I immediately um, started browsing the web, looking for uh, articles and looking for videos uh, regarding the shooting. I want to see, okay, this is on social media. I want to know if anybody were, was covering this. And, you know, to my uh, great non-surprise, I saw that what they did want to talk about, as much as they mentioned that people were shot, they talked more about how the protesters were giving the police a hard time and the tear gas that was used and the fence that was up to separate them between the protesters. They didn't really want to address or didn't really elaborate much on the shooter uh, on on what had taken place, uh, two people are confirmed dead, and this is not and that's not what you're talking about. You want to talk about the protesting? See, there's a big issue in this society, in this country, um, particularly, and I say particularly this country because you see it in its greatest capacity here, right? But um, they have this issue of denial. Academically, we can call it cognitive dissonance to where they do not see their own flaws. They don't see their mistakes. Uh, You could not have a black man show up to any protesting group, kill two people, and that not be the headline. I can't seem to recall... Like in Charleston, when that young lady was ran over and killed, that they focused on the manner of the protesting. They only focused on that in the manner of trying to justify, and they did not elucidate the weaponry that was brought there. There's a cognitive dissonance in regards to the hatred, in regards to how there's people that will grab weaponry that are willing to harm you, knowing that they are protected. You don't have an incident like that Vegas shooting if you don't have some sort of ideology or psychosis that says that I can do this and get away with it. That, that, that should be something that is very rare, but we find it to be very, very common. We have... Testimonies when we get into those uh, lynchings that occurred three years ago in Atlanta, you do have uh, 
people who they didn't want to, you know, their names to be out there because they have to live amongst these people. But they would witness. They have testimonies that these people say you can kill a nigga and get away with it. And how often have we seen that's the case? And the reason I brought up that young lady from Charleston is that I believe that if the protesters, and we don't know what that on the video, they appear black to me. But if this was not a black cause, or if this person was, was white, or the people that was shot, or if the person that was doing the shooting was, was, was a little bit different, I feel like we would be handling, handling this like in a complete 180. And forgive me, family, I did not, I just come, I just came straight out. You know, this, this is on my mind. You know, it really, really disheartens me when you see them just so casually dismiss what has happened. No one wants to look at the fact that you got people in Charleston coming with guns to these protesters. You got Neil Wilson that died not too far away from where I'm at family who was stabbed and they still let dudes like as much as they start checking us I was just on the bar not too long ago and they still let these white dudes they be wearing these glasses and these little army cargo little pants or whatever wearing a knife right on their hip but these aren't the people that get checked on Bart. since that Neil Wilson yeah they do have more people on Bart. Checking people, they're checking people who are paying their ticket. I'm pretty sure that that jackass bought his ticket, and even if he didn't, the people that you see them check, that's not the issue. People that look like me and younger than me were not the people that stabbed Neil Wilson. That's ridiculous. No one's addressing the issue that there's an ideation that exists that says that that still exists, that has never went away, that says that our lives worth more than theirs. Even more than that, it's not even so much that our lives worth more. Our lives have no value. See, that whole thing that all lives matter. You have see, the thing is, they don't consider a black life a life. And it goes into the rhetoric. It goes into what they have said about us historically. Where you have, uh, and I don't, I don't have the name at the moment, family. But it's in the book, The Delectable Negro. Okay. Where there's a, a quote by a Frenchman who says that if, if we acknowledge that these people are men, then we would also have to acknowledge that we are not Christian. Men meaning that these are humans, that these are equals and there's still an ideation that that exists about that there should be much more much more much more outrage there should be much more attention brought on the fact that not only do you have pro that the protesters have every right to be upset look at what they're met with for years they have allowed Groups like the KKK to hold protests simultaneously with black ones. Under the guise of freedom and speech, they are allowed to legally agitate. Now that this 
uh, silent majority, which is really the invisible empire. I, you, <laughs> they have been emboldened for whatever reason, ignorance mostly, and the fact that they're despairing another. You have to have these two things. And now they, they feel that because they, they have to have a target. They have to have somebody to blame. So now they feel like they're the issue and they don't want to hear about it. They don't want to talk about it. Us speaking about mattering, having value, not being not being socially dead. That is an offense to these people. They're offended by the fact that we value ourselves enough to take a stand and we're human enough to try to do it in a good way. First of all, they don't respect it. They do not respect it. And secondly, they would much rather just watch football. They would much rather have their entertainment. See, there's a big issue when you haven't deal with. See, for us black folks, we have to deal with moving away from the maladaptive behaviors and things that we've learned and deal with the epigenetic consequences of hundreds of years of that kind of treatment. We have to deal with that. Most of us, the majority of us have to deal with that, not knowing the totality of what that was. You don't know what it means to exist in a world where everyone had free reign and access to you. You don't understand a world that made you commit autocannibalism, that's eating of yourself, that ate you. That there's many, many documents that, that, that question this in terms of uh, a heathenism and cannibalism. You have, you have episodes where you have people. If you had like, like a, there was no such, th- you know what I'm saying? A, being special uh, needs or having certain uh, uh, disabilities meant that you were most likely going to be one of those that was tied to a post and beat before breakfast before that person uh, left off to go to the store, uh, before he broke, uh, go broke in a, a, a new cattle. It was just like, it's it just ritual. You'll never know what it, what it, you know what I'm saying? Hundreds of years of being assigned a gender that doesn't necessarily belong to you. This, this, this is of men and women. Not many of us know that Sword Junior Truth was molested by a woman. And most likely by other people. There is a lot of texts out there that question or or and strongly infer that Frederick Douglass had been violated, but that wasn't the thing that you did. There was a there was a a conception of a, a devalue and debasing. Now we may not think much of that now. Look at where society is today. But look at how that low that low place in value allows for us to be murdered in the streets by a race soldier and the entirety of that whole 
of all the information is regarding the protesters is if to justify this dude who wasn't even police with an assault rifle shooting that, that that's what it seemed to me because they brought they brought, they said we don't know much about the shooter or the people harmed and we're just find out about that but look at these cages look at this wall there look at the pepper spray they had to do to uh, uh calm down these angry protesters as if to adduce that there was a reason to be hostile they don't even cover the fact that there was an agitator out there with a weapon and i seriously doubt that this was the only agitator out there. But you never see the police deal with them. Silence is agreement. If the police are more willing to tear gas angry protesters, and most likely uh, they have every right to be, because I've been out there and I've seen it, and I think the whole world sees it now. It doesn't take much uh, in many, many uh, cities for the police to just start tear gassing a bunch of protesters to start derailing them. We saw what happened not too long ago out there in. um, uh, Damn it. It's where the uh, this uh, this one brother teamed up with another brother who played college. Oh, no, who played professional ball. um, Royce White. And they had set something up and somebody had ran an 18-wheeler through the crowd of protesters. See, nobody's dealing with that. And that was a planned protest. Most of these uh, protests, in fact, are planned. Now, we see that you got people out there burning stuff up. You see that you have people out there uh, misbehaving. Many of these people, I believe we know now, are not a part of this group, these organized groups. These organized groups are not going out there. Now, do not treat these organized groups, these human beings, like punks. And that's the other issue. See, what the, the thing that we have to understand, family, is that when we show up and we march, you are showing a strength in numbers. Now, that doesn't mean that you go out there to go fuck shit up. But it, you are showing that, hey, we have strength in numbers. There's more than one or five or 20 of us. There's hundreds and thousands of us. So you are showing that. I also find it offensive that the police reaction is so militant. You know, it's all it's it's saying in in many ways that they are disturbed and that they are threatened by that show of power, as they should be. That means it's working. That means it's working. So. If that's all being true, then when you have these group of agitators coming in that's trying to disrupt, disrupt these protesters, I feel that it is in this police uh, a best interest not to interfere. If their interest is to, is to make a stand against this force that is trying to make them change. That's why they feel uncomfortable. So they're, they're cool with it. Yeah, they're cool with it. Anything that'll give them some credibility over these protesters. So these agitators can come. Fuck shit up, bring weapons, threaten, intimidate. Where's the tear gas for them? Why was that situation not handled? I know damn well that none of these protesters protesting for the sake of Jacob Blake could bring a weapon and that not be cleared out and just handled and all over the news to discredit 
what's actually happening. Police officers having it in their mind to deal with black folks a certain way. See, it has a lot to do with your value because if they're not doing it to people that look like them, that means that they value those people. And when we look at the media outlet, they do nothing but devalue our people. Any motherfucker that is, excuse me, I, I apologize, Francis Crest. But, and I won't say it again, but I'm lying. But any jive sucker that has the nerve to be talking about he's conscious and talking about how they hate uh, media portrayals of black folks have no business putting on stuff like uh, uh, Last OG or Black Jesus. Especially not Black OG. That is just, just, just black stereotype, just black just being bad. Like That's like blacks trying to be good being bad. That's not, that's not reinforcing no shit. I hate that shit. I really do. I really do. And I hate it even more because the majority of our people don't get it because they have not studied it and it was never taught to them. And it would ne- will never be taught to them unless we do it ourselves. So that may, you may sound like I'm jumping all over the place, family. I'm talking about the same thing. I'm talking about value. Because if those police officers value, these white police officers particularly, but I do not see... Well, the thing we got... And I'll deal with that in a second. But... And this white police officer, the way that he views black people, if he did not fear black people, if black people was not a, a threat to him subconsciously in his mind, I don't give a fuck about what he says. Why, when, when trying to deal with this person, he just doesn't apprehend him and grab them. We, 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 we know what they're capable of doing. And we may not intrinsically know what kind of training that they do. But I know it's, the, it's over 800 hours of training, period. Before they can even let you get out there. And then you still got... Come on now. What? So I know that... The, the, I know that 800 hours of training or plus whatever. Gave you enough training. Gave you enough uh, ability to to bring somebody down peaceably. That pistol should not have been out in his hand. But that is no different than that situation that was in that Burger King. Where they had stopped that brother. And they had asked him. And yes... He did have he did end up having a weapon on him, but the people called him in there because he smelled like weed. So they wanted to check his bag for weed. They see the gun, whatever situation he run. He, he wasn't trying to use it. Motherfucker bail. I and, and, and if I recall, I don't even believe he brought the gun. He just cut and the dude is running up to him in a similar fashion with the other lady got her taser. This dude has has his pistol in his hand while he's grabbing it down. He grabs his collar and boom, shoots the brother in the neck. Why do you have your pistol out? Let's go even further. There was a situation. This is back when I used to work for Tesla over there in Fremont. I will I go over there to the uh, uh to the Walmart because I'm working hella crazy hours. This is back long long time ago, family. My first son was born there. Um, and I had to go get me another shirt because uh, I had a slip in my car, and I was like. I need a I need a clean shirt. So I go to the Walmart to go get a shirt. After I go buy the shirt, I'm walking out. I see a dude, he he bought he bolting with a bunch, you know, some bags. It just some look like some clothes, probably some baby stuff, cause I seen one of the little things. Like you can kind of tell with some of the hangers, right? You know, ladies after him, stop, stop. Police officer just happened to be walking in. I know he couldn't have gotten no report. This is just happening. He reactionary thing, pulls out his pistol, stop get on the ground. Dude drops his bag, get on the ground. 
I was sitting over there. Y'all don't know me, family, but I talk shit. I'm sitting over here like, what the fuck? Is that even necessary? Oh, I got my receipt, but is that necessary? He just took some clothes. I'm like, I'll buy him the, I'll buy the damn clothes. They weren't trying to hear none of that. The other lady was like, good, good, good. Oh, it's good that this man almost got shot over $45 worth of fucking clothes. You telling me that that man, that black man's life is only worth $45? Now, you can you can talk about wrong all you want to. Stealing $45 worth of clothes is not worth your life. You would be damned if any of your family members got, got the damn death penalty for stealing $45 worth of clothes. And you couldn't have tackled him? But the first thing he saw was a black dude in a hoodie running out with a bag. And he just, that first first thought was to pull out his pistol. This is over there in Union City. I don't like none of them punks. And I call them punks because that's what they are. Because you fear because you don't understand. You don't even stand the root of your own hatred. You don't even understand what the, the, the culture, the mechanisms. It was meant for you to feel like that. You was never supposed to feel no other way. And don't tell me just because you had a black girlfriend back in high school in your junior year or you're married to one now that you understand what it means to be black, what it means to be prejudiced or racist, what it means to to truly be black in this society. Because you can fuck one. Hell, Donald Sterling wanted to fuck one. And as soon as one had it, had fuck, had Magic Johnson and some other brother who was evidently mixed. I don't remember his name. Well, you got to get them off your Instagram. That's what that was his issue. Oh, but because he can date one and lay with one. You know what I'm saying? Thomas Jefferson and he probably and, and, and he most likely was. There's a lot of information out there talking about that. He was of mixed descent, but he had slaves. And do you know what he did with these slaves? He raped them. He sold his daughters to be escorts because that's what you did with female slaves at that time. If you were a sleep female slave, particularly at that time, that was your, your job, especially if you were at that age. And he had wrote books. The texts are out there that induced them because of the physical because of their physical form and because these weren't really like humans and their booties were so big. And he meant this for men and women that you can have, just have sex with them. That you should, that they, they could just handle it. You know what I'm saying? And they went through a process of breaking. See, I don't, I don't even want to get into all that. That will be getting off topic. But I want to talk about, but the basis is value. That shit ain't no fucking value. That shit is ingrained in them. It's in them. They hate it. I got neighbors that hate me right now because they've heard me record the podcast. Heard my queen going off at the time. You know what I'm saying? Now, I don't get on with all the little mythologies and, and sparrow types about the Bakra. They, they have too much going on that's true that you can use. All right. But they have issues with me talking about that. I don't know why. They can always debate me. Say, don't get mad. Get smart and prove me wrong. But I can't get on television and not say that there's not an attack on black people. And I can't. Say that not going outside that there's not an attack on black men by law enforcement and getting into that point about law enforcement in general. Law enforcement is been accultured by white supremacy. So if you are a black police officer and in situations such as what happened three years ago in Raleigh, uh, North Carolina, you know, where they talked about uh, a brother 
shoots uh, a man. This man has some has some complications, some some real health complications. The woman got got it on camera. She's on camera. And she has she records the sounds of the shooting when them shooting, lighting up, lighting up her husband. And they it was quick to mention that he was an African American that this this particular shooting because there's a bunch of shootings that they have that have to address out there in Riley. It ain't just that one with that man allegedly with a pizza box, allegedly with a pistol. You know, they could confirm that he was shot. They can confirm all this other, but they cannot confirm the pistol. But I I, I watched that. You know, they're very very tricky. I I but you have to understand rhetoric, but. When you are a part of that system, that organization, you are no different than that of an overseer. You are no different than that that role that uh, Josiah Henson had, that he hated later. If you have not read the story, the narrative of Josiah Henson, who is the basis of Uncle Tom's Cabin, but he got a real narrative. If you don't understand that that man was pained at the fact that he didn't even know what he was doing either. He was raised into that role. It wasn't that he didn't understand that these people didn't like him. One of his earliest memories is uh, somebody mistreating uh, his mother and his father, uh, beating somebody up so they cut off his ear and boiled it. And now we don't, you know, he doesn't talk about much of they see that, but that's a whole other thing. They, black folks, um, until you get into the WPA and other certain writers, it's tougher than to talk about uh, cannibalism, but that's a whole other thing. Whole other thing, family. But we're talking about the that that thing that role. So he sees that early on, but he's raised in a culture to be a slave. He eventually becomes an overseer himself. He has these jobs. He has these responsibilities. He doesn't necessarily hate his further brother or man, but he does speak much about uh, certain sayings, uh, certain beliefs about not necessarily trusting your own kind. So yeah, they you know so I uh and it. It wasn't unusual for certain people to find security in a known threat than to try to always question about one. But um, he had this role, you know, and it takes him a little while before he realizes that, you know, damn all this, you know, this European is just beyond untrustworthy and I cannot uh, deal with them. So I need to probably move on from this. It takes it takes some time uh, before that happens. But this is the reality, and that's how I see police officers today. I see them performing a duty, a job. Uh, they're not telling them to go out there and shoot uh, black men necessarily. Um, in in most cases, I, I I would assume, because I don't know what exact conversations they have next door, or behind closed uh, closed doors. But um, you know, they are cultured the same way. They be they feed into the same ideologies. They they adapt certain tendencies. You, you know, when you work for Apple, you you know you don't keep working like um. Yeah, what's a low end place to work for? Yeah, when you work for Apple, you oh let me not shit on anybody, because I might get some sponsorships. Who knows? But you know you don't you're not working like you were in just some homebrew rickety garage. You know, you start, you know, kind of dressing like Apple. You start, you know, adopting some of the terminology. You know what I mean? Uh, When you work at one law firm and go to the next law firm, there's certain things that you do. You know what I'm saying? And it's it's just it just happens. It's a it's a part of it. And you're not going to be the odd one out. That's unrealistic. That's far more unrealistic and far more rare. You know, 
you're not going to stay, you're not going to be around very long. You know, you're not going to stick around via long trying to uh, overtly um, help black folks in that position. I would even argue most folks that become police officers don't even know how, probably don't even have that intention. The money is very good. The benefits are great. Most folks become police officers to provide for their family. Once again, just like that overseer role to have a little bit more, you know, to have some more perceived power, to be able to do more things, to have more freedoms and liberties. There's things that you can do with that sort of capital. Um, so that's a, this, that's a, that's a whole, that's a whole conversation right there. That's a whole, whole conversation, but that, that's definitely on my mind, um, to kind of get into some of the things I've been watching. I've been a little patient to talk about this. That's why I thought I was going to speak on this at a later date when I seen a little bit more. But I, like I told people, this this whole using the platform and the NBA bubble wasn't going to work. Everything was going to be watered down. Um, I think um, I just, yeah, I I just I I just feel like it's just an overall failure. Um, not to the the NBA players who are still uh, bringing attention to it. Um, or to even to some of the, you know, a lot of the issues that's going on. This is no slight to them. This is just a slight to the, the overall idea that this, like the NBA is a business. And as soon as they came out and picked some names that were going to be on the, uh, the back of these jerseys, you know, cause everybody got something there. Even, uh, Luca got some random thing. No, it should have been, everybody gets to pick one and, you know, and it, it get approved. You just go in there, like, you got to approve all of them. Listen, how hard is it? You get a list of all the damn names. Boom, boom. This one's good. If anything says something like fuck 12 or anything like that, then you just deny that one. You know, but the fact that they came in and stepped in and said, we have to have a select list, you're already controlling the, the voice. And the reason you have to control the voice is because you're not just marketing. You know, this game may be dominated by black folks. But the, the consumers, are you can't argue, are largely black folks. They're not tailoring this. They're tailoring, tailoring this to everybody. And they don't want everybody to be offended. That's very, very clear. That's very, very clear. And here we go, just liking and loving the, the you know, first white man to be kind to it. No, he kind. We've had a lot of kind white people. You know what I'm saying? These They, they didn't push the damn envelope, you know what I'm saying, and before y'all tell me about that damn, uh, uh, was it Jim, not Jim Brown, it might, might be Jim Brown, everybody want to talk about him, he, he, he was a racist Quaker who got himself and other black folks uh, killed, stop, you know what I'm saying, and you can do better, there are, there were, there, there were friendly white folks to us, none of these White folks were ever able to push the the envelope as far as like they didn't I didn't see anybody step out on any limbs, you know, and the furthest that you got to some and I'm trying to think of one in particular. He was very, very close to uh, uh, black folks um, during the Civil War. I believe he, he got real close. 
but I, I didn't really see him do anything that really pushed the envelope, you know. Um, I just think a lot of times because of how bad, and I just let you know how bad it was because of our humanness, our humanity was so uh, diminished in society. Like we, that's what I meant by socially dead. You know, we were not regarded as human. You, uh, could appreciate somebody who could genuinely respect you, but I didn't see them go do anything too good but you had abolitionists you had whites who fought with black you had whites who fought along blacks in um in haiti you know or those that did not you know show themselves to be enemies i'm speaking of the germans but let you know let's be very 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 clear um yeah yes uh, i forgot where i was going with that family i apologize um, you know, but no, no, I know where I'm going. I know where I was going with that. I was talking about Adam Silver. Um, yeah, he's running a business. He's running a business. So he may not be a bad guy, but they, they realize the real optics and he does have 30 NBA owners. I hearken everybody back to that extended dollar sterling conversation. You know, don't listen to the whole thing in its entirety. He has friends, how you know what I mean? How and he and he's very very conscious. You know, I've I've yet to hear too many rich white men admit publicly, and this wasn't that necessarily public, that there are black and white Jews. He talks about the context that they're treated. You know, disproportionate to the whites. He talks about his friends, and not liking the fact that he has a woman who has these other black men. On their social media, you understand how many of these how many of these men aren't owners for other NBA teams? Are we to assume that Donald Sterling is the only one? Is that is is that what we're doing? Because they allow NBA players a few more liberties than NFL players, that becomes the barometer. That becomes the comparison. It's no different than. Democrat or Republican. They're playing the same game. While they keep talking about these two different things, these two different sports leagues, they're mutually uh, dependent on one another. They move like how the others move. So it's a game. It's the same debate that's going on right now. I don't believe you should vote for anybody who does not do anything, who doesn't uh, incorporate any politics for your people but will incorporate and will listen to other people's agendas. Asian folks can have an agenda in politics and people can do things that specifically help Asian folks. People can get things that specifically help Hispanic folks or Latinos, however you want to go. They, that's another convoluted uh, designation within itself. But they can get this, things that specifically help them. But nobody will do stuff that will specifically help black people. Even Kamala Harris just recently, well, not recently, but not too long ago said that. And when you want to know why a lot of black folks don't trust her, it's more than just the flip-flopping. Now she's come out publicly and said that she will not do anything that's just going to help black people. So when they're talking about account, you know, economics, it's just like, you'll get what everybody else gets. So basically, we can... We can help out the Jews. We can help out the Hispanics. We can help out the Asian community. 
we can give them resources and, and help them and, you know, help their community in ways. But the only way that we'll help the black community is if we help all these communities out in the same time. So how does that help the disparity? No, what you're trying to do is, is elevate other groups while keeping us down. And we're not even going to talk about this inflation that's been going on, which is ridiculous. Ridiculous. No, this in this whole debt thing. No, people, we need to stop can like stop talking about this debt shit because you don't talk this much shit when you're in debt. Like you, like it's pretty much money that they took. And Asia and China is going to have to take it back. What the fuck you mean? Call in. You're gonna have to come get the money. No, they they do that shit to inflate that fucking dollar. This shit is ridiculous. Look at rent ten years ago. Then compare that to the rent. 10 years before that. So look at the rent within the span of 20 years. As a matter of fact, look within it. You can go five, five. This shit has been exponentially increasing. And my belief that is so, well, I wouldn't say it's solely, but as part of it is due to the, the value of the U.S. dollar, if it keeps going down, look, the value of property doesn't change because it's, you know, it's finite. I mean, so let me not say it doesn't go down is what I said. Uh, it it never depreciates because you cannot get more like, like you cannot cultivate more land. OK, so it's a finite resource. It's never going to go down in value. Its value is what it is. Right. However, the value can go up. If the va- let's say if the value of your dollar that would have no- normally held this, let's say you got this little pot you know, and normally it's worth, you know, $500,000. You know what I'm saying? Of of U.S. money. If your dollar, if the value of your dollar drops by half, and you go back to this place trying to buy this little, the, the, all these acres, this little island or whatever, you're going to have to come with a million dollars. Why? To meet the value of that land. Now, I know this isn't the only metric, but this is a very common metric that's applied throughout throughout all this. I know that's one argument that why things get more expensive. Yeah. Just go take some economics. It's basic. Very basic. So, so where are we at, family? We're dealing with crooks. We're dealing with criminals. If we haven't realized that the media is just a big, big, bigger criminal and they're in their control, let's go into the the Nick Cannon situation. All this stuff is related. All this stuff is related. Nick Cannon went out and got in trouble for saying. (laughs) Really, you got in trouble for saying that the real Jews are black and nobody wants to deal with, um, like, for example, the 13 tries by Arthur Kessler. Right. They don't want to deal with the, the, the prodigious amount of information out there that actually talks about the first Jews being black. And why do we say that they're black? Based on the definition on what we would call black today. Because we know that people didn't, ancient peoples didn't see themselves like that. In fact, you can actually argue that most modern peoples didn't see themselves like that until about five, six hundred years ago. Okay. Um, but based on the definition of what would be black today, <laughs> they would be black. But you have to also deal with a lot of history. 
you also have to uh, erase a lot of this. Um, and I have to call it what it is. It's racist history. Anything that talks about dark uh, Ethiopians or dark Europeans, excuse me, in the context of Ethiopians. You know what I'm saying? So when you get into this history, they, they literally have scholars that would tell you that the Ethiopians of today are really descendants of dark Europeans that mix with uh, dark, ignorant um, African types. Like the the belief for many, many years, and you even find this in um, in writings of freed black folks, freed men who would, who would get a chance to learn and read and write and go to these little things, who get a taste of this. The, the belief, the central belief was that the essence of intelligence came from white stock. So any intelligence that any black person had it was because of his amalgamation with white at whatever point. This was even the belief of Frederick Douglass. Like, the reason you're intelligent is because somewhere down the line, a white man got into your mama and you got the genes for being intelligent because your people are not intelligent, which goes against exactly what Count Vonley said in terms of in his ruins of empire to where he says before they blow off the nose of the Sphinx. So this is very telling. He talks about the people that we have been brought up to believe are ignorant, actually, or should be credited for giving us all the knowledge that we have today. That's Count Von, Vonley's Ruin of Empire, 1791. Okay, this comes a few years after uh, Blumenbach's um, piece in the Natural Varieties of Mankind. I believe this is 1784. Where he talks his little theory of this perfect man descending from what is this whole bunch of hoopla bullshit, you know, and a lot of it at that time as and it still happens as much as they want to deny it has to conform to uh, to the Bible. To this biblical bullshit, and I hate and it is what it is, and I'm not trying to single anybody out, you know what I mean, you can believe your faith. But one thing is for sure, because I'm not into feel good, is that your book is more than just tampered with. It has been controlled. It has been written. You know, it has been plagiarized and then morphed with a Western Asian ideation. And the reason I say that it's a Western Asian ideation, because Europe gets nothing of its patriarchy just by itself. Yes, it has been accultured by the Wormian Ice Age, everything that uh, Sheikh Etudia talks about. But when we talk about the foundations of their culture, when we talk about their writings, their laws, they borrow heavily, 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 heavily from those patriarchal, misogynistic Western Asian folks. These are the folks that said, "Okay, woman, okay, you can be a priestess, but only male priests can drink wine. You know. All these will matter of fact, all these rules that specifically designate women in these in these things. And to where that if a if a woman is found to be um what is the the adulteress, she's she's pretty much signed her own death warrant. You know, a man can escape with some exile. And that more and often more than often that, that takes place. But you see that. You know what I'm saying? When you uh you actually see a lot of what's in Sumerian law appear in the Torah. Uh what I mean or not just the Torah, but just the Bible in general. Um, because you talk about if a woman is to scream out or holler, and that's rape. Uh, the context of how, you know, like they're very, very fine lines to what would constitute a rape. Um, they didn't believe that a woman can be raped by her husband. And that was a belief that carried on for quite a bit, 
quite a quite a bit. And Europeans also had this belief. You know, you got some you got some states now that need to change some rules on that uh raping and marriage because the belief was that as soon as you're married to your man, you have to submit to your husband. That also meant his desires. You know, it was no more than a slave contract at at one point. But this is what how misogynistic people did things, patriarchal people did things. And I'm gonna say misogynistic because I don't see much love for the women. Um, we know that Sumer was not uh, heterogeneous or hom- no hom- uh, or homogeneous and it was heterogeneous, meaning that there was more than one types and it was fighting all the damn time. And you had some peaceable folks. Let's look at Urugagina, you know what I'm saying, of Gadesh or not of Lagash. You know what I'm saying? Urugagina was very, very, very uh, peaceable. You know, I think uh, based on the, the account that you have from that bar that people seem to love him, not really a war type. Um, and yeah, he got his butt trounced by those that were, uh, I believe that the, uh, the Martu, uh, the nomadic Martu were said to have defeated the blackheads. Well, when you get into their, uh, their oral tradition, this is the, this is the one that doesn't, he's not happy with that wife that's appointed to him. So he goes and takes another of his own. Like she don't get to choose. Like, no, I want her. I go take her. You know, these are also the people that. Uh, were spoken of that didn't even bury their dead and ate raw meat. So this is, this is uh, uh, basically the profile of what you would consider a barbarian or just a wild type of person or uncivilized type person. And this person, uh, this type of person existed in Sumer. Um, so not too far away from those types that we learn about in uh, civilization or barbarism, right? So. That's kind of where that's kind of where we're at with that. So you hear people admit certain things and getting back into Nick Cannon, um, and I wish you know, I wish he would have uh, hit up a, a another brother. I brought another brother on to have that topic because it's not, and brother uh, Professor Griff, he's a good brother. He's a, he is a well wet brother, um, but I I don't see that brother going all out to really decipher uh the hebrews and the only issues that he said is just to say that all uh jews are black now the original jews were black that's there, there's no denying that when we talk about the first hicksoaks invasion of egypt it is known that very very few europeans are among this they're, they're accounted to be mostly of western asia amalgamation of those types well what was that type and what did that type look like when we look at what the ancient Dravidians look like, when we look at the Chicolchians, when we look at um, uh, different figures that were uh, <laughs> hege- uh, hegemonous in um, what they now call the, uh, the Middle East, uh, when we look at uh, Persians, even like such as Darius and whatnot, we, we see that they, these were darker skinned peoples. Um, not saying that there weren't any mixed types. And I believe in the 18th dynasty, you do see uh, an identification of this fur, uh, of this Yamu further deep um, and the, the Habaru and so on and so forth. So I, be- I believe they, they saw those types, but um, based on what you would see, even in the coifers, uh, these are African or what they would call quote-unquote Afrikoid people, you know, even if they're Western Asian in in terms of culture. And we know this to be the case. Let's look at the Song of Roland, where they talk about the Sabians who are known to have been, been of, uh, of Western Asia, but they, they speak of their origins coming from Ethiopia. 
So meaning that because that was the general term for black, at a, uh, you know, at that point, like it seemed that yeah, Ethiopia, yeah, Ethiopian, yeah, which comes from Ethiop, which means bird face, right? Well, we should know this. So. They got in trouble for saying something that is that that can be accepted by other scholars that maybe not uh, accepted by their uh, rabbinic or their priesthood or whatever, right? Clergy, whatever the hell you want to call it. Um, but this is what is in history. This is what is in facts. This is something that other people. So it's it's anti-Semitic uh, because he doesn't have a PhD, and he's saying the truth. It's anti-Semitic when you speak on the fact that the Jews do run the major banking corporations. These are Jewish people. It would not be the case if these people were not Jews. And clearly, and I hope everybody noticed, the apparent racism, because you're talking about white Jews living in a culture of white supremacy, knowing that they can silence something that someone else has said, and they don't have to speak to any of their crimes. Why is it that none of the white Jews have had to answer for any of their crimes that they've done or committed against African people? They've committed similar, if not just as bad, crimes against African people than what had happened to them during the Holocaust, but they sweep that under the rug. And it's more than just selling insurance on slaves, Lloyds of London. It's more than just the bounty hunting, Cohen and Moses and so many others, or the selling of uh, 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 clothes to the slaves, this, this old bullshit, like just, just getting a dollar off one. It's the participation. It was their participation in it. It was also their participation of those people that they killed very, very early on before Hitler even came into power, but we don't want to talk about that. We also don't want to talk about the Judaron, because the next thing they like to throw on your face when you're starting to win this debate is that, oh, but we've never had anybody sell out. Yes, you did. You're a culture of sellouts. But am I anti-Semitic for saying their history says so? Your history says that you have only been a second, and damn your Bible, because I don't give a damn about that Bible. History says you've only been secondary hands to dominance. Period. There is no empire, Jewish empire. Talk about this is the closest that you've gotten to it. In my estimation, I mean, you was living good uh, during the uh, um, when Arab, you know, Islam ruled the world during the Arab Islamic empires. That's how you got, this is how you have white Jews now, because I don't think it was fashionable to be a Catholic then. So when you're a Khazar, and you're trying to politic, and you don't want to be a part of these, you know, part of these people, don't want to join them, you still want to have your independence, but you don't want to be hated by them, you don't want to have, you know, take on the, that beef, that issue that these Catholics seem to have with them, then yeah, you pick the, you pick the middle ground. That's their history. Hold on a second, family. Yeah, you pick their history. You know, you pick their... You want to be on that side? You don't want that smoke? That's just what it was. Okay, look at where I'm at, man. Almost time to get into a little commercial, y'all. 
But yeah, but going back into that, just to, you know, just to wrap this up, talking about that whole, you know, that Nick Cannon situation, I was highly disappointed. I was trying not to have too much commentary on that. I'm not going to insult the brother. I was just disappointed in how that went. I get why you had to make the move. The money didn't belong to you. you. You find out how quickly when you're talking about rights that he has to sue for. You talk about all these things that he didn't have control over. And the dramatic irony behind the whole episode is that doing, you know, he was speaking as if there was something special about why they haven't fucked with him yet. Like, how have I been able to say all these things? Well, you've been able to say all these things because you've been saying things that within the within the parameters, you haven't you haven't attacked the people who are really controlling your money. So when we see Hollywood and we see movies like Black Klansmen, yeah, they're going to have movies like that because you're talking about a group that does not like them in particular. And this Anglo-Saxon beef with this uh, with this Jew is, is, is hundreds of years old. There's rumors to say that there were Jews that came out and told and, and, and asked uh, uh, Gabo Tariq to, uh, to come and invade Europe or that there were some Jews among them. Come on. I'm not, let's not play no games here. Let's not play no games. And they're always trying to take over something. They're always coming in as a guest because that's how they came in. Look, the Hicksoaks, when they, when they invaded, they didn't invade with the horses and, and guns. No, they, they're invited in because there's wars going on because, yeah, Sumer was cracking as always. Then people was always fighting. So they flee in a war and famine, all this other stuff. They're allowed to stay there. When they stay there, they decide that they like it and they want to take it over. And, and, and since that point, all they have been is just secondaries. And I believe that it's in Babylon where they learn you should have no other God before mine because they're in, again, they're dominated there. You, you, you begin to have this idea, but that's, oh my good. Like, so go back and just even into that Bible. It's, it's, man, it's fallacy. Y'all don't know what y'all talking about. Y'all don't know what you're talking about. And if you're still saying some of this crazy stuff, you're, 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 you're not touching the right material. You need to touch, first of all, there's certain primary sources that you need to get. Maximum of Hotep. The book coming forth by day and, uh, day and night. With the uh the papyrus that I need translated, that's otherwise known as the Book of the Dead. You need to have a copy of the teachings of a minimal. Get you a couple of Bibles, right? Get you just you can pick randomly pick like five books from Alvin Boykin. And I picked that one up because he does do a lot of assessments, and he will send you on to the routes to find. Some of these other people are like, yeah, you can look up all the Christian fathers and different things like that. But you need to get into different works to find out who was omitted and why. Then get into those texts. You know, get into some very, very basic stuff. Get into uh, the 13th tribes that I mentioned by Arthur Kessler to learn how the Europeans convert into um, Judaism. You know. And there's a lot of converts. They're not the only converts. That's why I said it the way that I did. You know, he has to be very, they have to be very careful when you say that because you got Asians, you know, South Asians, or you have larger groups of Jews amongst them. That doesn't mean that these are the, the bloodline. You know, you have converts. You have converts into Islam. You have converts into Christianity. 
You'd be crazy to think that all these Christians around the world have been Christians their whole life. That's ridiculous. No, that largely was not the case. That's that's ridiculous. But that's not understanding history, family. So I know I need to wrap it up because I'm getting to my little hour limit. You know what I mean? We're going to blast through it some more. I'm going to talk more about I'm going to talk more about this in part two. You know, it's been a while. There's a couple other things I need to cover. Um, yeah. So, yeah, we just we'll stick around for that part, too. And I'm back. So family, where I was leaving it off, I was talking about a little bit about the Nick Cannon situation, the whole Jew thing, uh, really about the context of um you know, the white supremacy, the whole Jewish thing, uh, media, those kinds of outlooks. But, you know, to focus more on the Nick Cannon situation specifically, um, as I know I kind of failed to do in that first segment. You know, my bad, y'all know I ramble. Anyway, so to kind of be a little bit more clear about, I don't think he backed down purely out of cowardice, you know, I think he he relegated to the smart moves that he needed to make. I believe, and that's just because I don't know. I don't know the conversations that transpired, but my optics, what I feel, is that what was revealed to him is how little power he had. And I think Master P said it best that if you're going to do something like that, if you're going to do things, you need to be in control of it. If he had owned all of it, it wouldn't have even been a thing. You know, this was my concern about him taking over the Nipsey Hussle documentary. You know, you're 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 essentially saying I'm going to overthrow you with your money. Well, good luck. You have to be kind of crafty in, in doing things like that. You know, like Booker T. Washington. You know, there's ways to get the money. You know, just tailor your rhetoric. We've been doing that for hundreds of years now. Frederick Douglass, when he wrote, he knew he was writing for white people. How many black folks were reading books then? Let's just be real. How many was allowed to go and buy a book? So who is he writing for? So we know how. Um, so this thing of being able to appeal, to get certain things, to to leverage deals. This is something that we have to be thinking about. I don't I don't feel that we approach and I'm speaking on, about Nick Cannon, but I'm talking about in the totality because he's not the only one out here doing this. I think he's a he's an easy target and maturity at times can be questionable but it is what it is um yeah but i i think the way that it's approached it's approached from a way of and everybody always approaches it like look i got love for all people da, 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 da. yeah that that's fine but we're also at war with some of these people you know what i mean um i'm sure that there was plenty of u.s soldiers who had family in germany like german women Probably had a few German friends at one point or another. You know, it's, let's not pretend like they weren't out here. Um, they still went to war. They still battle. I'm sure a lot of people from the United States love uh, French people. But what the hell does that have to do with politics? I think there's a huge naivete that the African man and woman had in our first encounters with the European and the way that we still deal with him now. Most of this is because we are not in tune with the history. 
and Nick may have gotten some books that talk about some of this history. I don't I don't think he knows it. Not in his heart. It's in his brain, but it's not in his spirit. Because when it's in your spirit, you move differently. You move in a certain way. You approach the knowledge differently. You're not satisfied. You know, I think there's a there's a small part that of him that may feel that some of this stuff is feel good. The way that he allowed himself to be humbled as if all the books he read, everything, that whole conversation he had never existed, never happened. All those things that were facts are no longer facts. I have to be humbled, you know, to allow himself to be sunned publicly over something that he should have stood his ground on and maybe corrected the areas in which he was wrong. But to say that these are not real Jews, no, they're not real Jews biologically. They are converts. That's what we do know. They're better Israel. You'd have to prove to me, you know, what I mean? and that's another issue. While they're they're trying to ask them to reconvert to get recircumcised, that's a whole other issue. But it's interesting that people who've been in the faith longer have to somehow prove, you know, what I'm saying that they that that they ever converted. Who's to say that? They ever converted in the first place. That's a, that is a good, good, good uh, question to be put, you know, to be put forth. We do know that they went down there. We do know that they, that Hebrews were, were moving in and about. It's not particularly during the 26th dynasty. I can say, I don't see why there would be Greeks allowed to travel to Ethiopia and Hebrews would not be. That doesn't make sense to me. Doesn't seem also contemporaneous with history, you know. Uh, you can even look at Josephus and that, that relationship. Shoot, he was in Egypt. Like, anyway. Anyway, anyway, anyway. Um, but back into that, like to to sit up there and you know be son. You know he should have to prove that the the first Jews are not black. Like, what is black? You know, someone should define that first in the context of having this conversation and no one defines it. And I and I feel like if you don't know how to define it, you shouldn't bring that up in a conversation. You shouldn't bring up whiteness if you cannot define it. So I feel like most white folks shouldn't speak on whiteness because many of them just haven't don't understand what it is or how it works. Like a phone. Give a damn how it works, why it functions like that. Why you should probably close out the tabs? You're using up too much RAM. What's RAM? It's the it's the it's the uh, essentially the workshop or the workspace of your computer or device. That's where the the data, like you know what I'm saying, of that app, like the space that it takes to run run it goes. Anyway, not no, I don't got time. But that's kind of you know that's kind of the thing. So when we talk about blackness, what is black? You know, black is is noticeably and physically showing that you have a drop of black blood or African blood in you. Period. You look at the people that were enslaved around the world, they are the darker kind. They are the black kind. Going back into that song of Roland, how did they identify peoples 
who were of dark skin. They identified them with dark skin, Ethiop, Ethiopian. That doesn't necessarily mean that they can't, but they, they were referring to a place where they knew an Opia, especially in in that language, like let's go into uh, Mauritania and all this other stuff. You're talking about a place of this thing. Mauritania is the, um, king, you know, uh, black kings or king of blacks or, you know, or, or just black lands because Maure is the, is the woman word for black. Anyway, that's what they're saying, that Ia is, is saying that these are the land of the burnt skins. So they're, they're automatically attributing that to the, you know, to that race. When you look at uh, even um, certain early explorers and missionaries, when they come over here, when you look at even Christopher Columbus and what he saw, these peoples, they saw that uh, they saw black folks and they called them Ethiopians. Uh, matter of fact, I believe Christopher Columbus seen some on the way over there. And, he, and it, it don't mean that they was, but that's how they identified. So that could have been a native, you know, as soon as you touch down on the play, they could have been, but they would have, they identified with this, this trait, this natural original trait. You see what I'm saying? So blackness doesn't talk about whether or not, because you can be in Brazil and still be black. Um, You can be in Colombia and still be black. When you watch the little videos, you watch anything, when you listen to the video and they talk about, they still call La Negras, the blacks. And what is the history of the, like, but nobody wants to deal with that. Nobody wants to deal with how you get to America, the current. So we won't deal with that today. But what we are going to deal with is the context of black is, is purely a cast. It's based on, it's based on how you look. And it does change based on population. So let's get into Latin America. Uh, the context of what's black is much different, you know. What's considered black in North America based on the population, more whites than blacks, it's just one drop of it would make you a black uh, black man. In Latin America, not so much. The darker you are, the closer you are. You know, if you're in between, you're somewhat clean. If you're in the middle, we're not trying to make a riddle, but if you're white, you're all right. That's how it goes. You know, so what we learned about colorism and basically upon ourselves, we've learned from this. And let's go into the South, the South, where you see a lot of these brown paper bag texts. Well, who used to run most of this South? Who did these Frenches and all these people like that? You know what I mean? And so we've learned a lot of this colorism from people who brought it back over there. And it was always used as a divisive tool. You know what I'm saying? To cause that uh, distinction, the Portuguese called their group Lencados. You know what I'm saying? So it's a it's a different thing. But I don't believe that anybody would look at the the original Hebrews that they would have seen back then or the Hebrews that they have carved out with this very curly, kinky hair that we know these European Jews do not have. You know what I'm saying? And you would be, yeah, they would be considered black. Period. They would be considered black, at least the black amongst their people, at least. Can we agree to that? So we can agree that uh, most Indians don't consider themselves black or is anything related based on the context of their skin. But you go into that country, you know, what do they consider Dalits? How do they treat Dalits? See what I'm saying? How do I, uh, Dalits identify and what's a part of their history? What is a Dravidian? 
Where did the Dravidians come from? See, what do we like? So let's let's know what we're talking about when we're talking about it. So in the context of what is black. Are the original Hebrews black? Absolutely. What is black? Black is a caste that existed as far as the international thing for about 500 years. The concept of it, though, of that, you know, of the color cast is something that's been around much longer. You see an earlier version of it coming from a similar group of people. And you're seeing it come with the same intention as a mechanism for control and to create buffers to maintain control. Because if you are the lesser population and you've just defeated these people in war and these people were were egalitarian folks, they and they were not from and they were not familiar with these tactics. They were not familiar with with rape, raping of women or men. This is okay, let's talk about this. But that's you know to in order to control when you defeat them, you know that in long, unless you keep the putting your foot on their neck, they're going to rise up against you. You see that was the fear. That's why they separated families as far as slavery in the Caribbean and whatnot. And that's why you had far more rebellions. So the treatment was worse. The rebellions was worse. Because the treatment was there to instill that fear, to break you. That's why they called them seasoning camps. Seasoning camps essentially meant break, but it's to make flavorful, to make better, to make suit your tastes. You understand? We haven't even really truly questioned why they called them seasoning. These sick bastards that you want to make friends with and not have no guilt to. No, hold that. No, they're not your friends unless they're able to deal with some of this stuff. They are not really your wife. If you don't know, like, like, damn. You like you really think that there wasn't no interracial white and black couples back then. In in some cases, that shit, the, the situation set itself up for that to happen. How many freed people, freed black folks? And it was usually freed men. Like, let's also talk about that. How many freed women was there in this white society? No, 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 no. Let's not get off the topic. Let's not get off the topic. Let's get, let's stay on this Nick Cannon thing, this concept of black. Because that, that's the first part that irritates me. Because if you understand the context of the conversation, then you've already won. And he goes in to talk about Farrakhan, 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 Farrakhan. Dude, have the, like, bring Farrakhan, address Farrakhan. They're afraid to debate Farrakhan. They're debate to, to debate a lot of these brothers because the brothers from that generation were well more well studied. They're waiting it out, truly. And I think they're feeling a little bit more comfortable. They waiting it out. So no disrespect to Professor Griff, but they weren't afraid of you. You know, they're afraid to deal with you one-on-one. That's for sure. Because you are going to sit up there and you're going to prove the things that you did say in regards to the banking and everything like that. They don't want to hear those names. They don't want people getting on their phones and Googling that. So no, they're not going to debate you there. You know, they can deal with that information that you, you know, that present on that context, which I think you could have clarified. So this is not, this is not a thing, but they, they're afraid to deal with, uh, they wouldn't dream of it. The only way they can deal with Farrakhan is in how the way that they're doing it, indirectly, through by proxy, through Nick Cannon and Professor Grip, and largely through Nick Cannon, because Nick Cannon is the one they got control of, you know, and that's, you know, I'm just, that's just me. That's my feelings on it. That's what I see. It is what it is.
You know, they already got their ass taxed up by uh, Dr. Yosef Binyakinen. Go look up that video by Rabbi Seltzer. They don't want to have these debates anymore because they know that the information is out there. You know, and I would, say, I would take the debate. Based on what I heard, it was just a whole bunch of rhetoric, rhetoric, rhetoric. That's why I say based on what I heard, because he didn't come there with any information, anything daunting. He might have some knowledge. He might know a couple of things. You know, my what, what, what was really, really upsetting about that video is that all this research you claim to do and you just sat there and shut the fuck up and got humbled. I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. Basically, what I took from that is the information that you brought wasn't even worthy enough to bring in anything other than rhetoric. And that's where I say the difference. Like, people can't bring that rhetoric to my face. You know what I'm saying? No, no, I shut that down. I don't give a damn if you family or not. Once we get locked into that conversation, that debate, then I'm about to trash it. And I'll make you pick up that damn book. I'll make you pick it up. I'll make you pick it up. I want you to. That's the best shot that you have. Best shot you have until I replace that uh, that Bible concordance that I that was stolen. Damn thieves don't even know what the heck that they take when they take stuff. You know what I'm saying? It's probably in some dumpster somewhere. You know, you have no value to that. But um, that was disappointing. That was highly disappointing. And you know, to the Jewish community, stop running. You know, stop running away from Farrakhan. Or if you're trying to provoke Farrakhan. You know, go deal with his youngest. Go deal with uh, 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 Khalil Muhammad. You know what I'm saying? Go deal with a brother Ben X or uh, uh, um, Reza Islam. If you want to go, you know, I'm not saying lower down the totem pole as a disrespect to these brothers. I have immense respect for uh, Khalil Muhammad. You know what I'm saying? Uh, gave it to my stepdad and stuff a few years back. Heard nothing but good things. I've seen a lot of, you know, this dude, he's just, man, he's scholar, scholar, scholar. Uh, and, and Brother is, Riza Islam is a scholar, and I got a lot of uh, respect for uh, Brother Ben, uh, ben X Worthak and his knowledge, you know, though I do find myself disagreeing with him sometimes. Some, more so, I'm just not as, and that's a personal thing, you know, it's more so about, I, I, don't, I don't care for these rappers' examples as much, like I don't care for Jay-Z, because I don't, I don't like where his uh, politics line up. Uh, I don't, you know, I think he's very disingenuous, and I believe when you uh, support the prison systems on one hand and um, also supporting people in terms of destroying um, black culture. So cutting off locks to me is cutting off, is destroying black cultures and inducing that for violence and being in support of that is just wrong. Okay. And those are my feelings on that. And I don't feel like brothers like that. And the only reason I'm saying stuff and I'm going through all this stuff so it can be on record so when people get on here and get to saying stuff, keep certain people out of my inbox. I'm not talking about these brothers, but fans of such, you know, because these brothers is out there. They doing work. You know what I'm saying? They doing what they need to do, you know. But, um, yeah, these Jews need to stop running. All right. They need to go take the debate. But they're not going to take it a bit because they have something going for them. They've got something called white supremacy. See, it's very, very interesting. They can hide behind it when the Anglo-Saxon whites are going against them and using it against them. See, they don't like that. It's the similar situation with like with uh, uh, Gandhi and never use that M word. There's nothing uh, holy or blessed about that man. OK, and his biggest issue is that 
he felt like that, you know, he was a Brahmin and Brahmin is the closest thing to being white or a god or Aryan, whatever. And that was his issue. You know what I'm saying? And that is this white Jews issue. Okay, this white Jews issue is just like, okay, yeah, I may be Jew, but I'm still white. You know what I'm saying? And you may be, you know what I'm saying? Uh, Catholic or Christian or what this, that, or no, well, not even that. It's just politics because we've only had one Catholic president, uh, to my knowledge. So it's just, you know, it's just politics, but they've all agreed. That's what we should like really understand that they've all agreed to work with each other for our consumption, for their, you know, to, to control us, essentially. Okay, it was no different then and is no different now. What happens in Germany, a lot of things what, what Germany was up to was just was, was mad at certain groups, feeling like it got the smallest piece of the pie. And Germany is the one who called the damn conference to split up Africa in the first place. You're not... There's history. There's a whole, whole lot of history that goes into this. And most of the time, they want to deal with that Bible. You know, they were they never built the pyramids, so get that shit out your head. They, I'm... I believe the preponderance of evidence has concluded that that's a myth. Okay. There is no relation because to me, even as far as the slave experience, because their experience was different. Okay. It may have been similar here. You may have been a part of some uh, slave revolts here, but what were you over here? See, the reality and the totality for the African man and woman was the same no matter where they went. You were, you, you, you were still socially dead no matter where you were. The only difference is, is how were they going to socially kill you and how they were going to keep you in that position. And it always is with violence. Rape is violence. That's what it is. It has accompanied the barbarians since they first came out trying to conquer shit and take shit from people and throw sand, or not sand, salt all on the, on the land that they need to grow crops on with their petty asses. It's it's always been there. You have cultures that sew up the uh, uh, their women's vaginas and things like that when they go out to war. What the, f- like, come on now. Or if they're having some sort of thing, like, what has... What has been the hit? Like, what has happened throughout this history to make people do things like that? You don't just start doing that for no reason. That's not just something that you do. For what purpose? There's certain things that are violations. But the other thing that can't be discarded while we talk about this religion is that there is whether it's Muslim, this Abrahamic religions provide no no peace or no uh, humanity for the woman. You got more violence committed against women in the Bible than any other book I've ever read. Even as I go through this delectable Negro, a book that talks about torture and stuff like that, you find more cases of women being disrespected. There is none. The only offense is that if you do, if you rape her. And she's in and the offense is to the fact that you have hurt somebody's property. Let's go back into the first file. Let's go into uh 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 what's her name? Dina. And she's raped. And they not mad because she was violated. 
They mad because her purity was disgraced in the face of Israel that wasn't even established yet. They mad at that. The father's mad at the fact that, you know what I'm saying, that not only, you know, not even the fact that his daughter gets raped, that his sons take vengeance. And now and the fact that she's raped, he can't use her as like a as a way to join family so they can get into this land. So, you know, women were a bartering tool in many ways and still are in many ways. And you think it's a joke. You think it's a joke. But how many people then got got some success somewhere and somebody has asked them to fuck their wife? Hmm. Y'all didn't even realize that was a thing. You know what I'm saying? How many bosses have come to people to sleep with their wives? How many people knew that was a thing? The right of first night. We have so many ways that this society has opened it up like to where you see this this rite of first night happen over and over and over again. It's sick. It's truly sick. Where am I at? Right. And I can't. I, it's hard for me to talk about this like that. I, I might have to be watching that damn thing and just to really talk about because I always go into something else, but... The main issue, you you have to, and, I, and I'm finding myself explaining certain things, things that I felt were missing, things that I feel like that were not out there, that were omitted from that whole conversation, that allowed it to play like that. You know, and honestly, to cancel everything like that, like they showed you every indication that they were fearful. They showed you that every indication that they wanted control. Like, what else do you need to see? They didn't open it like that. Like, if that was truly what they wanted, just an open conversation, just, hey, let's let's talk about this because we feel that you're a good person and you may have gotten some facts wrong. You don't go threaten and cancel like that. No, the, the, uh, the nerve. And notice they never really, like, they can't really, and they never really address the fact of their being black Jews. And I didn't see that in the interview. They don't address that. They don't address the the role of conversion. They don't address the history. No, they got to maintain the mythology. Part of the mythology is what's allowed them to cry harder. That not only were we persecuted during the Holocaust, we were persecuted in the Bible, and you believe in the Bible, don't you? Oh, yeah, how convenient it is for you to attach yourselves to people who were persecuted in in this story. Oh, yeah, we were them. They wanted the hugest pity party in the freaking world. And I'm talking about them politically. You know, I'm sure there's some cool Jews out there. You know, I'm sure there are. I probably met some. You know, because half the time when I'm dealing with people, I'm not really thinking about uh, your spiritual system. Or, or things like, uh, of that nature. You know, you can't look at somebody and tell if they're a Jew. <laughs> That's fact. You know, they've tried to dominate the look. Like you go into media, all these movies, they you know, that they control. They've tried to say, oh, yeah, they look Jewish or the Jew hair and all this other kind of stuff. Yeah, right. 
couldn't tell the difference between a Christian or Jew walking down the street, not a white one anyway, unless they're wearing something that is that would culturally signify that are of the of their of that group. You know what I'm saying? Even if you deal with some of these uh, these Jews in Israel, like how many of them and you took off the 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 cultural uh, aspects of how they physically look would look different from their their Islamic uh, counterparts. But like, so to try to dominate the way a, a group looks, trying to is no different than how they've tried to uh, dominate what an American is, you know, oh, I, you don't, that doesn't look American. It, what isn't, what is the American look? As far as I'm concerned, this bunch of Western culture that came over here and I was dominating, you know, what was American culture? Like, I don't understand that, you know, they do the same thing in South Africa. Now certain things are set that were or that were European are now quote unquote South African. And now that these Europeans are now South African, what was South African is now the Europeans. It's a game. It's a political game that they play. And I don't care who I offend by this because get smart get smart and prove me wrong. Don't get mad. Get smart and prove me wrong. Show me where I'm wrong. Show me where you do not have folks in South Africa who are white, who are the minority, who are who are dominating everything, who took everything, gave none of it back, want to claim that, no, my people came here. I live, I have just as much a right. You had no right to this land. It was stolen. And the part that pisses me off is that they keep saying they got it fair and square. No, you didn't. Now, fair and square is the fact that they invaded and kicked their asses. Then it should be fair and square for them to get their asses kicked and moved out. What right do they have to get to, to get to call to another country to go help them with their personal problem? They did this. We see this is an agreement that they have to dominate the world. It's only but natural for them appeal that way because they're calling for backup for a situation that should occur. Because if you want to live amongst peace, then you got to make concessions. But if you're going to sit up there on your high horse and say, we won, we won, so that's what it is, then you deserve what you have coming to you. How this relates to the Jews, if you want to sit up there and say, shit, we won because they're the ones with the money and they got the power and they control the tin and different resources all throughout Africa. If you want, oh my God, Benny Steinmines is a, is a dickhead. You know what I'm saying? Because we're calling some of these folks by name today, Right? When you talk about that, like, and they and they don't care about nobody. Shit, we got the we got the power. We make the rules. I don't give a fuck about these other uh, Hebrews or these other Jews who've been Jews longer than we've been Jews historically, who are getting mistreated by the world and the rest of us. Where is the 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 savior? Where is the love to the to the Jews that they're themselves persecuting? Where is the love to the Jews in all these different areas? If y'all are Jewish, if y'all are one, y'all are the same faith, y'all are one people, why y'all not fucking with each other? No, what it is is that y'all only dealing with those that look like you. So how is a Jewish church any different from a, a Christian church out here? We have a black church, white church, Asian church, so on and so forth. So like it's all it's all bullshit and it's bad for us, but it's all bad for you. It's all bad for you. How was them Jews living before that little incident? I don't give a damn. 
What was they doing? Even the uh uh the Jew that uh Sarnella interviewed a few weeks ago, the uh councilman or whatever, kind whatever part, wherever he works in that city. Listen to his last name. So it was I knew that he had probably had family that was in the Holocaust. He had a German last name for a Jew. Now how the hell you not a convert, but you got a German last name. And your father had to marry your mother for you to come out there. But I guess that's the thing. You know what I'm saying? Whatever. What the hell ever? What the hell ever? Oh, they are so backwards. That's why they like things so dichotomously. They like things that are so... Because you get to play. You get to play with it. You get to play in it. But I challenge anybody to question my information on this. You know, try not to say anything rude. And let me get on this other topic real quick. Just real, real quick. Y'all taking this WAP too damn far. It's a damn setup. It's a damn setup. How the fuck they, that shit released around the same time she started OnlyFans? Now these girls are going to be... Because they, the, they saw the potential in that with the Instagram. And there was somebody who was Portuguese or Brazil, whatever, you know, this sister. And I'm, you got y'all ladies and I need to do a whole totally separate one. And maybe I can get, you know, one of my homegirls or something to get on this because y'all cannot let nobody control your money. All right. Do not let people make apps for you. Not let people do certain things, you know, deal with them like you like deal with everybody within that, with you know, within that bit. Like you could be cool, but, you know. Y'all got the tendency to be over cool. And what has oftentimes happened is like, okay, yeah, you know that you can market yourself. Yeah, you got a camera. What what the issue is, is that you don't know how to market yourself. You don't understand your own value. And when you don't understand your value, people will take advantage of you. And it does not matter where you're at, what you're doing. Even if you're getting money for it, people can be still taking advantage of you. You'll never get close to your work. And I always say, okay, when you guys do this, like, what is your next plans? Like, invest. Oh, you know, not just invest in yourself, but also invest in a future. Invest in some passive income. Invest in some ways that you can put down the OnlyFans so you can, you know, maybe enjoy some of this time. Enjoy some of the success. Enjoy some of that money. You know what I'm saying? There has to be an end game. No matter what you're doing, there has to be an end game. And I think that's one of the more, you know, because the money seems instant and easy, uh, I, I, you know, I believe that, you know, you know, a lot of young people, a lot of young ladies are not thinking ahead, not thinking of, OK, what am I going to do with this? It's no different than a young man jumping into uh, sports. You know what I'm saying? Is he thinking, what am I going to be doing next? You need to be thinking in those terms and anything that you're doing. I don't give a damn if you work for for UPS. You know what I'm saying? The moment you get promoted should be the moment you start thinking, OK, what am I going to be doing next? You know what I'm saying? Because if you're not getting promoted and you stick around at UPS, I mean, yeah, it's a good job, but you need to move on from that. You need to be, you know, always trying to build and do better. You know what I'm saying? If they're not recognizing you there, I'm not saying leave a job when you got like, you know, definitely have a job before you leave one. Right. But if they're not recognizing you, they're like, you know, find yourself, you know, look for low hanging fruit. You know what I'm saying? In terms of building yourself up, I'm not going to tell you to stick around with a J.O.B., 
But I know how it is. It takes money to make money. And I'm never going to tell somebody to stop making money, you know, en route to making some other money. Because that can be tougher. And sometimes that's unrealistic for a lot of us who have kids and families and so on and so forth. You know, so I'm always about, you know, being strategic in all of our moves. And, you know, just throughout life. And that's the message that I'm going to be giving to a lot of these women. Because the things that I have to tell a lot of folks is that it's out here. You know, many of us, whether we want to admit it or not participate in that kind of stuff you know what i'm saying if you watch porn then you watch somebody's daughter get fucked on camera you know what i'm saying that's the real yeah i gotta save this for the uh, <laughs> for the other late night podcast but like seriously y'all like let's let's not be led into that you know into that jezebel role let's understand that they do not reward women who respect themselves in this society you know what i'm saying so we have to understand that those are the ones that are going to be praised. You know, Lizzo got the freaking NCAA Entertainment of the Year Award after she was sucking dick on TikTok. Okay. Now, I don't have an issue. Like, I don't want to villainize, you know, women or anything like that. But what we have to recognize is that what a society is doing is in taking advantage of you trying to express yourselves. Right. And using that to control you using that to degrade you, using that to keep you in the box that you're in so they can adduce, like, this is why we treat them like that. This is how they want to be treated. That's why I treat her like a whore. Because she is a whore. That's no different than what they were doing. Family, if you don't get the text, check out Olmstead and all this stuff. That's how they treat, you know what I'm saying? Like, they forced you to be a whore. They tortured you to be a whore and then said, look at her, she's a whore. That's what she likes doing, okay? Don't allow them to control you like that. I'm not going to tell you what you do with your body. Hell, as a man, I like a lot of this shit. I wish y'all just would do it to me, like in a relationship. Like, why does shit go out the window when y'all at the club? To go find that nigga. Because, shit, if you're not that person I brought home, I don't need you with me. But that just is what it is. I'm going to say that for the, for the other podcast that you know I got, y'all. All right. Uh, I'm going to pay another bill. And take it out this thing. So peace, love, and light, family. You know, hope y'all appreciate the podcast. I know I've been slacking, slacking, slacking with the macking. But I'm about to be back and attacking. So just check it out. Pete, you know what I'm saying? Don't let the message hit too deep. Later. Chutch. What's going on, family? Since they won't let me put the uh, sponsors in the back, I'm going to do my own sponsor. You know what I'm saying? So check out, you know, my nonprofit, Road to Restoration for African People, California. You know what I'm saying? If you're in the NBA area, if you're in the East Bay, come on through. Hit me up. Y'all know the IG. It's Technico. You know the YouTube. Nasset Netter Tech TV. Come on now. And you already know the flyest podcast with the hottest black information worldwide. So deal with your boy. Later. Peace.